Welcome to the Sailing Into Oblivion podcast. I'm your host, Jerome Rand. All right, and we are live once again. Sorry, I let a little mix up there, but uh, I want to welcome Pax, and I want to welcome Amy to the Mighty Sparrow, and uh, and they brought along their beautiful little dog. Uh, it's, is it Bubble or Bubbles? Bubble. Bubble, got it. Bubble is a, what, what kind of dog again? Uh, she's a Boston Terrier. Boston Terrier. And she, she looks like she might weigh about, what, 12, 15 pounds? Uh, she's actually 20. 20? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It must be all muscle then. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we're here at Ladies Island. We're on Mighty Sparrow. And these guys sailed in about three weeks ago. And this is actually our first time to really sort of get to know each other. So I figured it'd be a kind of an interesting podcast because... You know, when cruisers meet each other first times in marinas and stuff, it's an, it's often that, you know, the best stories and stuff get told when you're first really uh, getting to know each other. So I figured why not create this and make it a, a live experience and uh, find out what's yeah, going on cool. with you and how you guys got here. So I guess we'll start off just uh, with what type of boat you have and, and how long you've had it for. Um, this is a Niagara 35, 1987, and uh, we bought the boat in March, so right at the start of the pandemic. Oh, uh, right. Wow. Okay. And we were trying to uh, sell the house uh, to move on the boat, and uh, yeah, we, we had uh, a few bumps with that, but uh, finally, um, in November, we could uh, get rid of the house, and finally, was, we were ready to move on the boat. The boat was uh, just south of Jacksonville in uh, Green Cove Springs. So we w- went down there and uh, worked on the boat uh, for uh, about a week, and then uh, we were ready to put it in the water. Um, yeah, we were in Florida for about a month total. We wanted to sail and acclimate to this uh, n- new boat because um, we're not like, you know, high-experienced sailor or anything. Right, right, right. But you, you know, I mean, you've made the leap, basically. That's that's what yeah. I'm hearing, so. We, we took uh, our ASA classes over the last year, and, uh, you know, at one point, you just have to uh, dig in and uh, get, get experience, so. Right, right. Yeah, so we were ready when we left, and, uh, you know, first passage was actually quite interesting. I, I can only imagine. I Well, and before we even get into that, I am, I'm really curious as to, Sort of what was the inspiration for, you know, making the switch from, you know, the normal sort of living in a house and then saying, all right, we need to change up. Let's let's get a boat and yeah. and go on some adventures, basically. Yeah. I actually I, I started a sailing class. Uh, well, it was only the navigation. So in class, not, no sailing. Uh in Montreal about 18 years ago. So it's kind of li- like a long dream, but things didn't work out at the time. And I, I just uh, began a different journey, just backpacking, uh, mostly in Asia. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. For about How- all, all my 20s, I've been uh, I've been in Asia many times. And uh, my last trip in Asia, I took a whole sabbatical year and took a year off and just traveled like, wow. with a 15-pound backpack. Oh my god, that that could be like a whole nother podcast just talking about that. It, it, how it, how long were you over be. there? I was there for one year. One year, wow. Oh my gosh. And you went all over the place in Asia? Yeah, Southeast Asia, Indonesia, uh, India, Sri Lanka. 
Holy cow. Wow. Well, we'll <laughs> definitely have to talk more about that at some point. Yeah, Thailand uh, seven, eight times. Jeez. <laughs> okay. Well, so so adventure is nothing new to you, but... Yeah. But so, it, yeah, and, and you would say, like, was that sort of... Um, Sort of always in your blood in a way. I think it was like uh, even with Amy, we like sometimes to just stop at the marina and just look at boats and you know that kind of stuff. We talked about getting a boat a couple of years ago, and uh, we end up buying a house, and it, it wouldn't work out like financially with uh, um, with the house and a boat at the marina, like you know so. Yeah, so we just decided to pass or whatever. And a year ago, during uh, Christmas, Christmas uh, 2019, we, uh, yeah, we after a bottle of wine, I guess, we were talking about <laughs> it again. And we're like, look, you know, and we decided to just make it happen, whatever it takes. And we just right. realized that we just have to get rid of the house and, you know, move, move on the boat full time. Let's make it happen. It's amazing how a little bit of alcohol can uh, <laughs> inspire some grand plans and big dreams. I, I know that feeling for sure. I mean, usually just a couple of beers in and I'm starting to try to plan another big voyage or something. Usually, though, I wake up in the morning like, oh, that sounded like that would have been awful. I'm not doing that. <laughs> that was very nice. Right after uh, Christmas and New Year, I think it was January 3rd or 4th, we... Uh, we were already uh, driving to North Carolina from Charleston to go, go look at like uh, our first boat and yeah. And what what so as as you can remember, you know, when you were looking for boats, what what were some of the big things that you were? Did you have sort of like a checklist of things that you sort definitely of, needed? Sort of yes, yes. We uh, we got to a few boats, uh, different sizes, to figure out what would just be too small for us to live aboard. Um, what we feel is kind of like uh, too big. I read a lot of forum and stuff, the, the old saying that you should get the smallest boat you're comfortable with. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, we ended up that, that I think 35, 37, maybe 38 in that range. Uh, after that, I was looking at a boat that uh, is uh, somehow blue water, um, so not you know, too much like uh, coastal cruising. Um, right, right, and not not being in, in the sailing, uh, you know, business uh, or hobby for like uh, ten or twenty years, I, I I didn't know too much about boat, but I, I've read a lot, a lot about different construction and all that. Yeah, and after that, just looking at different boat, then we could uh, really see the differences. We saw a Cal, a Pearson, um, yeah, and when we saw that Niagara, I just really uh, it it felt like that was the right one. Well, and, and what year was that? 19... It's an 87. An 87. Um, I want to say 78. In super good condition. It was extremely clean uh, all the way inside, even the bilge, like like really, really clean. Right. Well, yeah. and that's that's usually a pretty good sign because it is, if, you, if you're really rough on a boat, you can clean it, but it still looks pretty rough. But yeah. if, they're, if they're maintained pretty well, typically that's like your, your first telltale sign of a boat that has been loved. We also didn't want to buy a full project boat, but <laughs> just keep. Yeah, we got we got a knock on the door. We're doing a podcast down here. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see who it is. Every once in a while in the marina, you'll just oh, have people uh, hop board. right on. Oh, hey, hey, neighbors. <laughs> What's up, Aaron? We're we're doing a podcast right now. You're interrupting it, bud. No, it's okay. We're going to be done. 
We'll be done in like an hour. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> That's the beauty of living in a marina. Yeah. I, I, I'll tell you, if anybody's lonely out there, just buy a boat, get to a marina, and you'll be surrounded by people. <laughs> so sorry, we were what were we uh <laughs> what were we talking about? Uh yeah, about uh what else about our Ni- Niagara like yeah, we we didn't want like a full project boat that you really have to redo the like the flooring and you know Oh, like a, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially as a first boat and yeah. Well, and a lot of times yeah, you'll you'll sort of if you have your sight set on one type of boat You'll sort of compromise and be like, oh, well, I know the engine needs a lot of work. And you're basically purchasing a project. Yeah. And that's something like myself, I didn't really want to do either. You know, compromise is the word I understood uh, quickly as I was researching both. That <laughs> yep. It, it, like if you want more performance or, or like a, a better blue water boat, then some something has to go to go out. Like so you compromise maybe uh you know the, the comfort of the boat or something else and uh so it's kind of like the balance we were trying to look for like uh not just a, a coastal cruising cruiser like i said but uh also a decent uh, liveaboard um well and that yeah i mean that that's a huge one even for for me you know buying this boat sort of purposefully for the big trip around the world i still wanted to have a boat that was comfortable down below and and like you're saying with the compromise stuff, I mean, this boat is the ultimate compromise. You, you don't go upwind in this, but at the same time, you've got a nice big beamy sort of wide boat that can handle going downwind really well, sort of, you know. So with this boat, it, it was definitely sort of a 50-50. What did you guys find on yours? Uh, you, you mean sailing? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's not too bad uh, upwind, actually. We... Uh... We didn't do a lot of uh, sailing, uh, unfortunately, on our way here. Like it was just like wind coming from the north. Um, but we we did uh, a few tack in uh, on uh, the Saint John River in Florida. Yeah. And yeah, even uh, like full sail out, full Genoa with seventeen knot of wind, so a lot of healing. That's when we were like, well, you know, maybe maybe we should uh, do a reef or two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling. <laughs> So she she performs pretty well. And yeah, I mean, it, you yeah. know, the the hull shape is it looks like it it can do. I don't know. What do you can you average? Probably like seven knots, eight knots, maybe. I think so. Yeah, I yeah. Don't think so. Because yeah. we uh, when we had full sail at that reeling, uh, pretty good. We were uh, doing almost seven knots. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm a little jealous on that one. I'm not gonna lie. This boat's more <laughs> of a five knot sort of range. Uh, but well, so. I, and how how long did you search for a boat before you actually found that one? It was it was pretty quick actually. We uh yeah we started our search in January and uh, I think we visited that one January thirtieth or something yeah, and then. Uh, yeah yeah he had just uh, gotten back the the he put the boat on the hard uh, the day before we saw it yeah. Oh really? So it just came out of the sea. Yeah. Oh, that's always a good sign, too. And it's a boat that's been sailing uh, out of Florida in the Bahamas three months a year for the last seven years. Oh, okay. okay. The rest of the year, it was just uh, on the hard. So uh, so it wasn't like, uh, you know, full-time sailing. And I think it showed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and I mean, that's that's proof positive that it's at least seaworthy. Or, you know, I'd say 90% proof positive. Because you buy a boat that's been on the hard for 10 years. And you don't know what's going to happen when that sucker yeah. splashes sort of thing. But 
Oh, okay. Well, that's that's pretty cool. Wow. And the boat was in pretty good condition. It's mo- mostly the systems that are a little bit outdated for you know year twenty twenty. Everything working, but like old data marine electronics, which we we wanted to get something a little more uh, up to date. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. So so that's kind of what we've been doing since we have the boat uh, small projects like that, but nothing too crazy. Nothing about the integrity of the boat. Uh, hull or uh, or uh, the or the rigging or anything like that right right okay well and i mean those projects you know will never end you'll, oh, <laughs> you'll yeah. always have them yeah just like last week yeah. you know the we we saw that the, our uh, propane force 10 uh oh, stove, yeah. the flame started shooting under the 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 top uh plates stainless steel plates so like well i guess it's time to rebuild it time and, to rework yeah. that that stove in that range do you guys have an oven on board I'm sorry. Is it like a stove and an oven? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Gotcha. It's in pretty good shape. It was really just the top uh, of the stove, but you know, stainless steel. We got a guy that uh, redid this part for us. Uh, I got new burners, so uh, oh, nice. it it really looked like a new stove right now. But you know, it, it, we didn't plan to do that last week. No, I know. Cheap. Well, and those things they they just sort of pop up on you. I I found diesel fuel in the in the uh, oil. And have to figure that one out for the engine before I can really run it again. <laughs> so, but so so you guys move onto the boat when it was. Uh, did you move onto the boat when it was in the hard in uh, yes in Florida? Yes, we stayed in a hotel for a couple of nights and uh, and then uh, stayed uh, on the boat on the hard for like two or three nights before we we put it in the water. And what was that like? How did it feel? I mean, I can remember what it was like the first night I spent the night on this boat. What was your guys' reaction? Was it amazing? We actually spent nights on the boat uh, in the spring and in the summer. We kind of just visiting and cleaning up yeah, and yeah. a bunch of stuff like that. So we had slept on the boat on the hard, and it was. I don't think it's nice a boat on the hard. You know? <laughs> Nothing works. You don't have water. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, then let me let me rephrase the question. So, the boat finally goes in the water. And it's livable, like you have your bunks and everything like that. First night on the boat, when oh, it's yeah, sort of yeah, set up. How yeah, did that feel? In the water, that that felt super nice, and it felt like we, you know, we were finally, finally there doing it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. We and have recorded all of that. Uh, the moment with the the uh, took the boat to put it in the water, and yeah. Oh, you have like videos of it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was wow. that was really cool. Yeah. So, are are you guys gonna try and do a uh, a YouTube channel, or do you have a YouTube channel right now? We don't have one yet. We are, uh, yeah. It's a it's a work in progress, but uh, you've got the be, footage already. Be, yep, yep. Before oh, the end cool. of the year, we're, uh, we we want to start a YouTube channel and uh, start documenting everything. Share it with the world. I tell you, well, one of the biggest things about those is that they're an inspiration for a lot of people, and a, a lot of people just get. Uh, some semblance of an idea that you could actually do something like that and it doesn't take you know having a million dollars in the bank or this that and the other thing you can just go for it as long as you're ready to take the leap which yeah you know that's sort of the scariest part i think for most people yeah and obviously some youtube uh, youtubers out there have been a good inspiration for us yeah yeah Yeah. oh yeah well they are i what, what what's your guys favorite one um who would that be, huh? I don't know. There's like a top five. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, no, they yeah, really are. I would, I would say Delos definitely. They're maybe the pioneers out there. Well, and don't they? They do a lot of like ocean crossing yeah. stuff. They, they're, they're pretty far. I'm not too familiar with a lot of them, but uh, I know, I know from some of the glimpses on some of them, it seems like a lot of sort of coastal cruising and island hopping. But from what I understand, I mean, those guys go pretty much anywhere. Yeah, and there's a lot of blue water sailing stuff, which is sort of what I'm usually most interested in. And there's a uh, the the winds, we have a catamaran. Oh, okay. And uh, sailing Uma, their projects are super cool. They do really good document document uh, documenting of the their different projects. They completely stripped down their old Pearson and just uh, they redid the interior. Uh, like you know, it's not very conventional. Yeah, they were right, architects, right. so they have a. I don't know. Their background is different. Their approach, so they're pretty cool too. No, it is, and you can learn a lot of sort of tips and just get a lot of ideas. It's basically YouTube provides right now this this beautiful content of all these people that you know are having these problems on boats. That if you end up going and buying a boat, you're going to have most of those problems anyway. So yeah, yeah, I think you YouTube can... got us prepared for what sailing and boat life is really it's well, you know a little less surprising and with that do you want to tell me the story of your first passage yeah so <laughs> keep that microphone close we want to hear this okay um well it looks like the the wind was always coming from the north in uh, november and uh, early december but we had this uh, small window where we had a little bit of south wind uh so we're like all right let's take it and and this you guys are down in florida yep and where where are you supposed to where are you trying to get to here yes here in beaufort okay and we don't want to spend like a week or something so we're like we're just gonna uh go up go north on the saint john river right and uh go offshore out of jacksonville and just like spend a a night offshore and then we'll be uh, almost to uh, south carolina yeah because it's what 150 miles maybe that's about right yeah okay yeah yeah, so, you know, 24 hours offshore and then, uh, yeah, a couple more hours. So, anyway, like, uh, the weather window, it looks like it's going to s- turn against us, north wind and uh, strong wind, storm waves, s- something like Monday night. Yeah. So, m- we're like, okay, let's play it safe. And Monday morning, like, really early, maybe at 5 or 6 a.m., we're just going to get in somewhere in Georgia and uh, finish on the ICW. Well... So you're trying to race the clock. Yeah. <laughs> you know, experience. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, honestly, I hear you. Yeah, because, you know, you, you, yeah, a little too much trust on the weather, really. Were, were you guys out in the Gulf Stream when you were coming up, or were no, you? No, we, uh, we were like uh, 10, 15 miles off the coast, uh, south okay. Georgia. So pretty much out of sight of land. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And it was actually a really nice night. We were uh, sailing downwind or uh, broad reach, um, a little bit of wind, and like clear skies, uh, shooting stars. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, dolphins, you know, the, the, like the best. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's absolutely the best. Yeah, right? Like, yeah. oh, the world around you is wonderful. Amy, and then what Amy happens? Amy is sleeping in the boat with Bubble, <laughs> and uh, she's about to start her watch. And I'm about to go to sleep. Now the winds start to pick up. Like, and uh, then, you know, like it, it picks up quickly. So I'm like, oh, start 
trying to reef, put some of the Genoa in, and it's just like more wind, more wind. And so we we ended up with like no Genoa at all and just a little bit of mainsail. Wow. Okay. And so you're like, getting well, into it. Yeah. Though, like you know, it's 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 picking up a lot quicker than we thought. So let's let's just make our way uh, inland already. And uh, and the, just the wave started to pick up, six eight foot wave. Then Amy started to get sick. Right, right. Hey, it, it happens, especially when when you go. And I'll I'll say this before before I give any advice. Every time I leave to go offshore, I always take a Dramamine before I go. Always to this day, even the the big trips and stuff, just in case. Um, I've never really been seasick, but. You know, I always do it just out of sort of... Uh, we bought them before the trip, but Amy, I can uh, tell you later why she didn't take it. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, sounds good. So uh, so the wind is coming from the north. That's where you wanted to go. How how far north were you? Were you pretty much due east of Savannah? Uh, no, we were a lot more south than that. We were um, uh, a bit a bit north of Brunswick. Oh, okay. So you had you had some miles to make yeah, up still. Yeah, like what, what is that, Midway in Georgia? Yeah. Yeah, but there's a lot of different inlets to get into the intercoastal. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that was the plan. We're like, you know, there's so many, like uh, almost every 10 or 20 miles you can enter, there's a sound. Uh, yeah. But uh, to to enter uh, to the icy dad, you we, we just fought all night long with like those strong waves. It took us like about 12 hours to finally uh, yeah, make yeah, it yeah. safe somewhere where we could just throw the anchor and relax and sleep right right well and that's yeah that's sort of the other thing a lot of people don't think of is is when the weather gets bad like that the whole idea of sleep sort of goes out the door especially if you're headed into safe harbor because you can't you know when i'm offshore weather gets bad i can do certain things with this boat so that i can just go down below and sleep but if you're headed in, I mean, that's it. You're you're like, well, I guess I'm going to be up for 26 oh, yeah. hours. Yeah, Yay. yeah. I didn't sleep. Uh, Amy was pretty much disabled, so <laughs> <laughs> so I was on my own. And yeah, and uh, just when uh, we were about to uh, enter a small creek, at that time we were actually on the ICW, and then we got a, a little storm, like clouds. We got 30 knots of wind at that time on the wow. ICW, and, and that is plenty to be able to, you know, really upset the ocean surface get some waves make it make life on that boat pretty uncomfortable and scary i mean anytime the winds are up into the 30 knot range it's it's like okay whoa all right it just got real yeah we were clipped on the boat and uh it, you know it, we tested the boat i guess for our first uh, offshore nice yeah. well and yeah so what what sort of safety equipment did you guys have you know obviously like flares and a life raft or whatever but um yeah, so we got inflatable uh, vest uh, with an uh, integrated uh, harness. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's that's something we wanted to to have uh, before leaving. Uh, a good chart plotter before leaving, and uh, what else? Uh, we did a full ma- engine maintenance to be sure that uh, you know we we were good with that. And uh, two guys actually at the marina in Florida kind of advised us that our anchor was not uh, the best out there, like an old uh, Bruce. Oh, uh, uh, okay, yeah. 25 pound, I think it was. I think that's the type I have on this boat. <laughs> no, that's all right. No, don't no worry. <laughs> so right before leaving, we, we actually got a new uh, anchor, a uh, Rockna. Oh, okay. Yeah, nice. Just a little bit oversized for our boat, so I went a little uh, on the heavier side. And, uh, and we were happy because we... Uh, uh, after we entered the ICW, you know, we we still had the 
almost uh, almost a hundred miles left to do. Yeah, and yeah, right. Yeah, and now it's on the ice that you it's so it's just six seven hours a day. And then yeah, you throw out that anchor. Yeah, so now it took like another five days to you know to finish the trip. Well, no worries. After this, we'll go check out that anchor, see if she's any good. <laughs> oh yeah, it it was nice. It did pretty good uh, at anchor with like uh, we had night at fifteen knots of wind and. Uh, we slept good with that anchor. Well, and it is, I mean, the ICW is, is famous for being a great place to anchor. I mean, sometimes the, the hardest thing is pulling the anchor out of the muck. Cause it's mostly yeah. like silt and all that, <laughs> which is, you know, if you're looking for a rock solid anchor spot where it's going to hold you, then the ICW is great compared to, I don't know, someplace, even sand, sometimes that anchor just can't dig in enough. And when, you know, if enough wind picks up all of a sudden it's like, Oh my god, we're moving! What's going on here? So, so you get into the ICW, and then, uh, yeah, how many days was it from from there, of from Georgia all the way up to here? We actually stayed at Anchor for uh, twenty four hours just to kind of regroup and uh, oh right right catch some yeah clean yeah, clean the cockpit. Uh, yeah. Bubble had an accident uh, in the boat because she was left alone in the boat for hours crying. Oh man, yeah. poor Bubble. Yeah, Aww. and it was a uh, still like uh, very bad weather out there, so we were, we were just letting it pass and uh, listening to yeah. the wind and the rigging. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, yeah. How, how does Bubble handle sort of being out there in in rough she, weather, she or is, just on the boat generally? Uh, she's doing really good on the boat. On, on that rough weather, she was you know terrified, I guess. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. But other than that, even just uh, sailing or or at the dock, she's doing great. Yeah, well, I mean, she's a ball of excitement. She's cute as a bug. I mean, as long as she's with us, you know, that's the then it's all good, right? Us. Right. Yeah. yeah, I haven't heard any like barking. You guys are only uh, birthed a few spots over, and there's not. I always feel bad. I less annoyed and more just feel sorry for for people when they they leave their dogs on their boats all day, and they're the dog is just out on deck barking, just looking yeah. for attention, you know, yeah. more than anything. But who knows? <laughs> Ah, well, that's cool. Okay, so so you finally do make it up here, um, and then yeah, now now sort of what's the the game plan? You guys are going to be working on the boat mostly of the winter, right? Yes, yes, a couple of projects on the boat. We're going to let the the winter pass and uh, and then uh, just start sailing again. But we will be based here in Buford for a while, so it's going to be mostly day sailing, weekends, uh, something like that. But around uh, Buford. Um, we we wish we can uh, make it south again uh, in about a year. Oh, okay, okay. Wow. So you guys are really putting some some thought into sort of the progress, but you know, there's there's a sort of a trend of a lot of people, you know, buying the boat and just going for it. And you almost have to talk them off the ledge a little and be like, "Hey, whoa, whoa, you don't you don't want to sail directly to the Caribbean quite yet, you know? We want to do the the small stuff." But yeah, we're not quite ready for like the big voyage. I think we need a little more practicing, but uh, you know, we need to keep working and get some uh, some financial thing uh, sorted out before uh, before right, we right. go. Um, yeah, a few projects on the boat, uh, like uh, we want to put a new radar because we we still had this. Uh, you know, 80s two-color television radar. Right, right. Oh, yeah, old, old school. Yeah. Well, what about, what are your thoughts on just having um, AIS? Yeah, that's, uh, I don't know, We I don't know if we're going to go only with AIS or both. Uh, 
I would think I would do both, but I'm not sure. Right, right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I I sort of had to ponder that question for a long time before I took off because obviously I'm asleep on the boat, you know, half the time or whatever, maybe not that much. But, um, I mean, I, I just went with the AIS because I, I knew that sort of container ships were my biggest issue, my biggest worry. Um, and I don't know. I, I know of very few sailboats now that don't have it that are like offshore sort of cruisers. So I don't know. It was one of those things where the only boats I ever saw that didn't have an AIS signal were typically fishing boats Yeah. that, you know, just turn it off because they don't want anybody to know exactly where their position is, um, if, you know, for their fishing spots or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. I, I just, that and the expense and, and all that stuff of installing radar and everything, I that was my... That was sort of the the straw that broke my back. Was I was like, no, nah, I can't afford it. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, and if we uh, sail offshore at night, there would always always be a one of us uh, on deck. Right, right. So, so you know, container ship. Uh, if it's not AIS, we would pretty much see them. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But and still, we we want something safer. I would definitely do AIS radar. We'll see. Yeah. Well, and it is you know that's one of the big things for for sailing is really just having backup systems. So, you know, you typically you've, you've got your, your GPS chart plotter sort of thing, but then you're going to have a backup, either a handheld or something like that. And, you know, it just, especially when it comes to electronic equipment, that stuff has a tendency just to start failing and failing just out of the blue. Um, I mean, I've had tons of stuff break on this boat, so it is always good to have that backup, but it's, and it's kind of funny because typically the backups become less technologically advanced. I know mine goes from, I guess the most advanced navigation stuff would just be my phone with Navionics on it. And that sort of trickles its way back down to just a sextant and an <laughs> almanac, you know. Yeah. And that's, I, I really just do that for a hobby more than anything, but... You know, that's the ultimate backup. I you, you do use a sextant, so just yeah, it's, it's right behind you, behind that chair there. I'll, I'll show it to you afterwards. Yeah, but that's uh, cool. Yeah, I you know for for my trips, it's it's just one of those things where I'm so far out in the middle of all these places that if I do have my biggest fear is is to get struck by lightning and then I lose all electronics. Um, you know, maybe I wouldn't lose. Uh, the handheld GPS or something like that, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to be in the middle of like the Indian Ocean yeah. and have. You see that that's the kind of thing that I want to work out uh, with Amy uh, throughout the year. Uh, um, not just uh, go with like, our chart plotter and use it so, uh, as like a Google Map, you know, driving in the, on land. Right, right, um, right. I think you, you need to uh, to be able to to navigate without it. I think so yeah. too. Yeah, and it's note it's, your position often, and then maybe get the paper charts as well. Yeah, well, and it's I I've always found that not only is it sort of a safety thing, but it's also kind of fun because it, you don't have to sit there and and every hour you know plot your position on a chart, especially if you're like say you're sailing down to the Caribbean or the Bahamas. But, you know, every like three, four hours or whenever the watch changes, it's sort of like, all right, I got to get my little tools. And you, you make your little position and, and you're also drawing this little line that's slowly inchworming your way to your destination. It just makes you feel like a sailor. You're like, yeah, 
gotta go plot the position now. I'll see you later. You head up there and keep an eye out. And, you know, it does. It, I've always enjoyed that stuff. And, you know, for me, when my dad taught me how to use a sextant and still whenever I'm up there and I'm actually up there trying to, you know, get the sight on the sun and stuff, there's always a part of my brain that's thinking about like Bernard Motissier or Knox Johnson doing that back in the sixties, going around the world. It was just, I don't know. There's something about it that uh, is pretty cool to me. Something. I, I don't know what it is. Um, but yeah. And I'm trying to think where, uh, where we were going with that. Um, yeah. Well, I guess that's it for the ICW trip. It just took, uh, you know, a couple of days more than uh, what we thought. We thought it'd be a two, three days trip and it took like uh, seven or eight. So, okay. Well, and, and when you have a trip that long, even, even just like three days out at sea can be a decent amount of time. But when you guys finally tied up here, how did that feel? Oh yeah. It's just, just arriving here. It's awesome. <laughs> I bet. We actually made it uh, to Beaufort at like uh 3.30 or 4 p.m. Um, and the swing bridge closed from 3 to 6 for like to let the traffic go. Oh, okay, so when you entered, you came in from the south up up this way. Yeah, just like between uh, Hilton Head and uh, um, whatever the other island is. Anyway, just, right. yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, so yeah. Just, just so our listeners can understand, just, just south of us here at Ladies Island Marina, maybe a half a mile or a mile away, there's an old school swing bridge that basically opens on the half hour and yep. on weekends it's on demand. You never really know if you're going to be able to get get there yep. at the right time. But you guys got there right at the right time? No, no, just, just <laughs> 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 And we were not going to wait at 6 o'clock and just, you know, go through the swing bridge uh, uh, night. At, yeah, at night after uh, no, sunset yeah. and then try to Smart. get uh, to the Ladies Island Arena and the dock at night. So we're like, okay, so... So we went to, you know, where Battery Creek is? Just uh, kind of like around Port Royal. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, that marina right there. Not that marina, like uh, right past that bridge. Oh, uh, just tucked you, in behind it, yeah. Yeah. Restaurant's right there. Yeah, there's a dockside restaurant. So anyway, and like you that, were able uh, to anchor there for the night? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we anchored there, and then in the morning, we just uh, we just finally passed the swing bridge, you know, the, the last uh, three miles of the trip. <laughs> oh, very nice. Yeah, I well, and it's, it's kind of funny, because the, the first time I sailed in here was two years ago, and I had come down straight from Maine. And when I do the offshore passages at that time of year, I typically stow the anchor, and everything's zipped up up there. Um, and so... Like when I get in here, it was it was the same thing. I entered at the end of the day. I was against the tide. Long story short, by the time I got to the big bridge, that it was already getting dark, and I couldn't anchor really. I mean, I could have if I really wanted to, but everything stowed. So I ended up sleeping on that at that uh, that marina by the big bridge. Yeah, and it was blowing like twenty or twenty five, and my boat was bouncing up and down. In these big waves, I couldn't believe it. I thought, you know, what was this marina going to be like? And then pulled in here the next day, and it was still blowing like crazy, but it's it's flat. It's perfect. This is, this little marina is, for for comfort for a boat, I've never found one that's just, it's, it's like the boat never moved. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, we're pretty happy to be here. We basically moved from, uh, from Charleston, so it feels like we're not too far away from it kind of ha- still have you know some of our life over there oh that's where you that's right okay so you guys were living in charleston yeah yeah ah, 
Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. So that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think I remember you telling me about that. Now, how come you wouldn't just take the boat up there? That was the first idea, but uh, a little pricey marina. Uh, nowhere is really liveaboard friendly. As soon as you talk about uh, staying over three months, they're kind of like, a, yeah. Right, right, right. So we started looking for different options, maybe northern Florida or Georgia. And uh, and eventually I found a, I found that one. And we, we did a trip on the boat, I think it was in the summer. And on our way back to Charleston, we just stopped here in Beaufort. Look at the marina. And uh, it was like a... It was at night. It was still uh, sunny outside, but like the marina was closed, so we didn't talk to any uh, of the guy. Oh, okay. but we kind of yeah. like the spot. Yeah, it is. I you know talk about protected and tucked in. I mean, it just it amazes me still that even even when the wind comes from I guess what the west, it's we get a little chop in here, but it's really nothing. I mean, yeah. I I I stayed at Patriots Point Marina uh, up in Charleston just for a month, uh, like three years ago. And whenever the wind kicked up, I don't know what direction, but everybody's just bouncing around in there. And it, yeah. you know, the lines are creaking and groaning it's hard to sleep. So for my money and, and that's, well, and that's the other big thing is it's just inexpensive here. Yeah. That's what I really like about it. It makes it, it makes it affordable. I mean, it's like really inexpensive rent basically. Yeah. So, yeah, well, that's so cool. And, and I guess, um, Sort of my my last bit of questions really are, are just about um, sort of grand plans. What do you guys have any? Uh, I mean, you you must sit sit around a chart sometimes of the world and be like, wow, oh yeah, where oh, yeah. could we go? Yeah, that's kind of like something I like to do. Just like look at places and maps. Um, I've been doing that for like ever. So I guess the we don't want to make like a great plans or or whatever. So you know. Uh, the, we'll see w where we go. We want to start sailing south in about a year, and that's just the plan, south. Right, right. And and just well, south, well, south. when you say that, are you t you're talking about getting down into the Caribbean, the islands? Yeah, so that would be, you know, south of here, Florida, then the, the Caribbean, and yeah. uh, just keep going until, uh, as long as we like the lifestyle and uh, we feel like we're doing it safely, I think we're, we're just going to keep doing it as long as we we're able to like uh, physically or financially or whatever. Right, right, yeah. right. Well, and uh, you know, the Caribbean I think is one of the best starting places because you you get the feel of being in this exotic place and a lot of those islands especially the further south you go uh, are really exotic. Um, you know, some of my favorite islands are, are much further down than, you know, the USVI or anything like that. It's like Dominica and St. Lucia and things like that, but um, it's it, you know, even when you're country hopping, you're still within sight of the islands. You know, it's you get this feel of sort of being in this far off place. But, you know, most of the big passages are only 40 miles, maybe something like yeah. that. You know, um, yeah, the Gulf Stream might be like the almost the biggest one until you're really south of the Caribbean. Well, and that, yeah, I mean, the, the Gulf Stream is really going to be the the biggest time you're going to worry about that is whether or not you cut across to just go to the Bahamas or it's going to be when you leave Florida and then head, head across. Um, I guess depending on which way you go, cause you can just keep going South, but then you run into Cuba unless, although where, where's your boat registered? Canada. Oh, he can go anywhere he wants without threat or persecution. 
<laughs> no, but it is. Um, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I probably that does open you wide for pretty much anywhere. Oh, there goes one of the big jets. It's been funny because uh, they haven't been flying for the last like week or so. Yeah. But normally it's a, an everyday thing um, that those jets are flying over, and you hear that pretty much all the time. But I don't know. Yeah, that's why we can't wait really to start the journey in like you know whatever exotic island and and see where where the boat takes us. That's so cool. I honestly, I you know, I I remember sort of when I the first year that I spent on this boat, and I I, I had a, a decent amount of experience doing like yacht deliveries and things like that before I ever bought the boat. But um, my intention was to basically figure out how to sail this thing by myself. And so after fixing it up, I left Florida and then sailed to the Caribbean and just started practicing. Um, so I would fix the boat up and then I'd sail from the BVI to Dominica. And then I'd do Dominica back to BVI. And then and I'd spend a couple weeks in each place. And so I, I got to have a lot of fun, see a lot of friends and stuff. Um, but I was also sort of in that training mode and I was screwing stuff up left, right and center. I mean, I got caught in bad squalls and broke things and I was finding all sort of the weak points. But it was it was just a blast. You know, you, I, I sort of was so immersed in the whole life of just sailing this boat and figuring it out. But at the same time, doing it in a place like the Caribbean made it so much fun. I mean, when you can, at the end of the day, no matter what you went through during that day, trying to get there, throw an anchor out and jump into 82 degree crystal clear water and there's turtles and like, um, it's, it makes it so worth it. It makes it even better. Cause if you didn't have to go through that, it wouldn't be so great. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Totally. Oh, I'm, I'm just going to try and keep juicing it up as much as I can whenever I talk to you guys. <laughs> either that or i'll try and like spoil and scare you I'll be like, well you gotta watch out for that gulf stream yeah. oh yeah the, you you remember remember that the boat uh, broker uh, in north carolina that uh, uh before he showed us the boat that he uh you know represented he just took like books uh, like a you know electrical system of boat or and then he was just showing us all the books saying like you need to read like all of that before and, and oh, i think he showed us like 10 you know 500 pages plus books it was, oh, it was he, he probably showed you this one right here is it, is it nigel uh, yeah 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 That's i got that the one. one what is this nigel calder's boat owners mechanical and electrical manual a must-have for every boat although i will tell you with my problem with the uh the stuff, the diesel and the oil, I can't seem to find a single thing about it besides it's not a good thing. <laughs> but that book has helped me through a million different problems on this boat. I, I, you know, as a reference guide, it's basically the equivalent of YouTube, but it's something you can use offshore when you have no internet. So that's always a good thing. Um, can you tell me any, uh, any crazy sort of funny experiences you guys have had so far? Uh, what do you think? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, th I think. I think. Do you want to give her the mic for oh, a yeah. second? Yeah. All right. So this is Amy. She's uh, she's gonna fill in uh, a couple of things. 
<laughs> hey, um, gosh, I don't know. I had uh, one of my girlfriends talk to me for a long time. She just had tons of questions and like, what's your daily life and all this stuff. And it's just like things that like I would say, I after I said it, I like, could not believe I actually said it because it was sound, it didn't sound true, you know, like, um, man, the the passage up here was really cool. Um, we went through the St. John's River. Right. So there was a ton of bridges and like every time like you go through a bridge, you're just, you know, you're like under the bridge. You're not going, you know, you're not on a car just like looking down the water. So you stuck just, yeah. So yeah. So, yeah, right. so we're stuck. And <laughs> yeah. So Hopefully just, nothing goes wrong. Yep. Yeah. So just going under a, bridge was like amazing and just like oh my god i can't believe this is really happening and um yeah we had we had quite a few little interesting things with just bridges so i i don't know it's uh every day every day yeah um, it's, well and i think that in in essence that's sort of one of the cool parts about it is that you don't really if you're on the move especially i mean obviously here in the marina i wake up tomorrow i know what's going to happen but the minute you're on the move, you don't know, and and that that can be nerve wracking. It it you know I still always get a little bit nervous right before I take off. Um, but it's I think it's that's part of what makes it so cool, is that you can just I don't know each day can just turn into some epic crazy thing that you know for the rest of your life you're telling people about. You're like <laughs> that one time, you know. I mean, you guys will probably never forget your first passage from from florida up here yeah yeah for sure all right amy what do you love about sailing that's a big question it is a big question i mean well let me ask you this before before i i put you on the spot there what uh what sort of sailing experience do you have prior to getting on this boat uh doing the asa classes that's my sailing experience. Oh, okay. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. So, Pax got me, or we took a trip on a sailboat for my birthday. And it was a surprise. So we oh, went. where'd you guys go? Um, So, we live in Charleston, or we're living in Charleston, and there's a marina, um, and they do, like, day tours or day sailing. So, we went there, like, got dropped off by the Uber driver, and I was like, what are we doing here? And oh, it's like a surprise? It was, yeah, super oh, surprise. You, it was super you cool. You old <laughs> so it <was> like a, charmer. <laughs> it was before, was it like before? It was kind of like during the whole, like, uh, getting a boat, you know, thinking about a boat. So Yeah, then, oh, and it was becoming more and more of a reality yeah. sort of thing. Yep, so that was my first sailing experience, and it was really cool, and... Um, yeah, so it kind of like got me into that. This this is doable. Like I can I didn't get sick on the boat. You know, well, and did you have fun out there sailing? Yeah. And that was all in Charleston Harbor, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And that is, I mean, short of an eight hundred foot tanker going by every twenty five minutes or so, it's a beautiful harbor to, right. to sail around in. And it was was. Were some of those classes through, was that at the uh, uh, the Ocean Sailing Academy? Uh, no, it was the Charleston, Charleston Marina had a school. Oh, okay. They, I mean, yeah. they have a ton. I know they yeah, have a ton Yeah, so of they them. had a school there. Oh, okay. So Very we cool. went, so I did uh, ASA 1 and 3, because, you know, they don't have a 2. 
<laughs> yeah, sometimes, I don't know, they have funny. <laughs> right, so so that was it, um, and it was just, it was awesome, you know, just being out in the water, and you don't think about anything in your life except that moment, so. Yeah, kind of the sails and mm-hmm. what the boat's doing and all yeah. that. So it's a really nice escape from your day-to-day life. Right, right. Hey, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it, it's... It definitely is something that that grabs your attention fully, and especially when it gets exciting, mm-hmm. you know. Then all of a sudden, you just go into total sailor mode and and go for it. Oh, but I think <laughs> Bubble is just sort of jealous that you know we're we're talking and not petting her like crazy. Right. <laughs> She's in Daddy's lap. Well, so what did you like most about doing the classes and actually getting out there and sailing those boats? Um, the freedom. Oh, of just being yeah. able to kind of go wherever and mm-hmm. all that. Yeah. And, you know, Pax mentioned earlier that we, we traveled a lot. He traveled a lot before me and it's addicting to have that, you know, you start planning a trip and then you just go with it and the trip, uh, creates experiences and, uh, memories and, those last forever and we were kind of living in a world where we were buying stuff for our new house and we kind of lost that feeling of adventure so kind of that's how it kind of all started oh so i like were you in that sort of frame of mind where it was like wow okay so i'm working to buy more things Mm -hmm for this place that I have to pay for so I have to work more like right. kind of that vicious cycle right uh, a lot of materials and they weren't worth anything like memories are and experiences are so it's kind of that's what happened so we're like we can go live on our sailboat and have that experience and then we can also go sailing to Uh, explore and see beautiful places yeah well and i you know i i think that that's one of the biggest things is at the end of end of the day at the end of life the only thing you're really left with are your memories and Mm -hmm. the experiences that you had everything else sort of just gets shucked off and thrown into a big pile basically so Mm -hmm. i i couldn't agree with you more i mean that that was that was one of the things that i was seeing before I bought this boat, I was in the Caribbean working for a resort and we had sailboats coming in constantly. And there were a lot of people that I just, I kept thinking to myself, how is that person living on a boat and living their dream? Mm -hmm. And I'm working (laughs) 70 hours a week. And I, I loved my job. It was the best job in the world. I was, I was the director of a sailing school for the, for the uh, bitter end yacht club down there. Which one day I'm sure you guys will sail to, and you'll be like, "Wow, <laughs> uh, British Virgin Islands!" Yeah, it's it, absolutely stunning. They're rebuilding it right now. It got wiped out in Hurricane Irma, but it's you know, I, I kept seeing these people, and I kept thinking, "Wow, okay, I got to figure out a way to do that. I got to figure out a way." And you know, my way was to basically, uh, in my head, it made more sense to buy a boat for the purpose of doing the round the world trip rather than just buy a boat to go sort of cruise around. I, I, I kind of feel like I I wouldn't have been able to get away with it at that point. Um, 
Yeah, if that makes any sense. Like I, I wouldn't have been able to explain to people because I, I never really had been making a whole lot of money or anything like that. There wasn't ever a point where I was like, oh yeah, I can swing it. I'm good for the next <laughs> time. It was more like, no, I gotta really do it. And that's always like what what a. Uh maybe my old uh, philosophy about the things that it like it's not a question of money once you make that decision that this is what you want and you just like figure it out how to make it happen you know if you have uh, a lot more money if you're wealthy maybe it makes things a little easier you know but uh, it, it's really not a question of money some no. people do it like with a three thousand dollar boat well and that i think i think you're right because you know the i think the money thing is what hinders most people is they think, okay, well, I'll go out and do that once I've made this amount of money and I have that much in the bank because then I can do it a certain way. But in reality, you're you're not ever really gonna. You get to that point, you're gonna think, well, I really should probably get another like twenty grand before I go, and you just keep pushing it back. Like you said, I mean, it's that decision to just be like, you know what, I no longer want to continue this sort of crazy rat race i want to actually live my life and and go and do something i want to experience things every single day and that's what you know that's why i find it so interesting to talk to people that uh have sort of just started that that journey and that that voyage and that adventure i think it's just so cool because i mean i remember where i was when i was doing it and how excited i was but nobody wanted to talk to me <laughs> back then so I'm I'm really you know it is great that you guys come in and uh, and chat with me and stuff. But what um, what challenges have you guys faced so far? And I know you've only been on the boat for how how long? Like two months total? Yeah, yeah, about two months. All right. Well, well let's get let's get into it. What's <laughs> what's the issues? What's where are the fights breaking out? Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> well, and you don't have to like, you don't uh, have to get too just graphic. Like, you know relationships and whatnot. Like Pax and I. Um, met and we dated long distance for a year. So he was in Montreal, I was in Charleston. An international affair. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. So then um, I think that just uh, was a good foundation for a relationship as just uh, trust and um, having a long distance relationship. That's what it's about. Um, so you have to trust someone and then you it just started growing from there and he moved to Charleston and then we were married a year later. Wow. Yeah, so we've been together for eight years and married six. So, um, and then but we've lived in like really tiny places, like six hundred square foot apartment, and then we have this like twenty one hundred square foot townhouse at like three levels and it's just too big and so living on a boat is cozy, and it's That's very it's cozy. Like yeah, it feels uh, it feels right. So, um, but yeah. So as far as like friction, yeah. where's the friction? I don't think. And I'm not talking really. about the bunk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Um, I don't. I don't really think so. I think uh, our biggest issues are just like uh, figuring out like how to work out the problem so like as far as i don't know our we didn't get pumped out for two weeks and dealing with that oh uh, yeah uh, that just like uh overfilling holding tank is never a fun the thing weirdest things like i never would have thought of that or you know our stove that started 
the burner and the fire was like underneath of the stove. So it's just um, you you kind of have to think on the spot and you have to be patient with each other and um, yeah, no, and, and have a goal in mind. And your goal is to uh, to just be happy and enjoy each other and let's just go travel and see new things and experience new things. Well, w- would you say that it's you have to in a relationship sort of be more team oriented when you're living on a boat rather yeah. than if you're, you know, in sort of more of a normal setting in a house and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff and you know, day-to-day stuff is going on where, you know, you guys go to work, you don't see each other all day, that sort of thing. Is it is it more of um sort of like we're in this together, right? Especially uh considering just your your first like week-long trip trip to get up here. Yeah, it was uh I mean, I had to lean on him and he had to lean on me. So it's like you you have to support each other. Nice. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't know. It's just uh it's a commitment and um there's good times and there's bad times and the highs are high, lows are low. It's a, yeah, I've always described being out at sea as like an emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, it, you definitely have to I and I I'm sort of fortunate in some ways where because I'm alone if I'm in a bad mood, it doesn't affect anybody. But I also don't have anybody to sort of pull me out of it, mm-hmm. if, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So, um, you know, in some ways I'm jealous of of people who are, you know, a couple that's out and, and sort of experiencing things together. I think the other time, for me, one of the loneliest times is when I'm out there and, and something spectacular happens, you mm-hmm. know whales or or craziest you know shooting star meteor shower or just sunsets things like that that's when i'm sort of like man there's somebody (laughs) else was here and i'm just up there but (laughs) you get to share with uh so many people i mean you're a writer so well that's yeah beautiful actually because i'm sure you can capture things in a way and express it to a lot of people well i definitely am trying to i i think i think when I try and convey sort of the things that I get to do out there, it's always done best when I do sort of like speaking stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I absolutely love getting up in front of people and, and showing them, you know, some of the videos and all that. And cause it is, it's, it's my way of, I guess in some ways explaining why I do what I do and why I like to go way out in the middle of an ocean. So <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty crazy, but um what what do you like most about your boat so i i was before you answer i was able to have the grand tour of and and sorry what is the boat's name should we talk about it yeah go go ahead Ooh, controversy (laughs) all right let's hear it so the boat's name is oceanite um which is oceanite but we want to rename her orange juice oh i i'm I like orange juice a lot better than oceanite. <laughs> oceanite sounds like a, it belongs on the periodic table of elements. Right. It, it is. It is a, a stone or so. Yeah, whatever. Oh, it is a stone. Okay, so it is named. Is there any story behind why they named it that? I, I, I have no idea. Yeah. Oh Just, gosh. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So, orange juice. Uh, so of course Pax and I were dating long distance and I would put together care packages and I had this orangutan and, um, when we met, I was wearing Wait, you had an, you had an orangutan? Well, I'm sorry. Oh, a stuffed stuffed animal. animal. I'm like, whoa, this is getting to be a great podcast. (laughs) 
We got the orangutan lady and Pax over here. She's sending me an orangutan. Okay, keep going. Sorry. Yeah. So, anywho's, um, so we, so I sent him this like orangutan stuffed animal, like named her Orange Juice after a life of pie, and oh, yeah. Gotcha. So, um, so we've always had orange juice like in the house, like she's just chilling, hanging up somewhere. And when we were moving and packing our life up, we found her, and he was, of course, at this time, we are trying to think of a name. Yeah. No, don't worry about it. The the microphone's there. (laughs) It'll start, it's just like ambiance here, uh, being that close to the marine base. Um, Yeah, so, where was I? Um, Yeah, so we found orange juice, and then Pax came up with the idea of, like, why don't we name the boat Orange Juice? And I was like, yeah, like... She's been with us the whole time and I has a like story it. behind it. And yeah, so that is happy. It somehow represent the, the foundation of the, our relationship or the beginning. I don't know. It's, you know, there, there's, there's a story behind that name and that uh, orangutan. Yeah, right. No, <laughs> hey, <clears throat> I, think it's, I think it's very cool. I, and I, I like that when, when, a boat, when a boat's name has some sort of story behind it. I think it's great. I mean, I I don't see any other you know reason to have a boat named anything besides you know if somebody just wants to name it after like an old girlfriend or something like that, that's fine too. But I don't know. I I'm not a big fan of the double entendre. You know, uh, uh-huh. boat names that are supposed to be sort of funny, like naughty time and no. uh, <laughs> <laughs> and cat fight, and I don't know all the all those strange ones. But oh, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, so yeah, I was able to get a tour on the boat, and it is absolutely lovely. Um, Thank it, you. It felt. I I like to always think that my boat is sort of decorated with stuff, and it feels like my little home. And and that's what it felt like on your boat. And normally it takes quite a long time before you get to that point. Um, but you guys definitely made And that heater is really nice. <laughs> definitely. Uh, yes, for sure. That helps. And it's AC too. Yeah, I know. Wow. <laughs> See, that's luxury. You guys are already way above board when it comes to that stuff. Oh, my gosh. Some hot water. We had the boat on the hard in, uh, in, in July in Florida. We needed AC. <laughs> yeah, well, and that, that is the thing, especially when, when, you're, when you're not moving. I know in, in the British Virgin Islands and the Caribbean, you can get away with having just an, uh, like a wind scoop in your forward hatches because it's always windy down there but in places like florida especially in the summertime it on a boat in a boatyard in a boatyard <laughs> you no don't wind. even want to be breathing the air around there let alone uh, <laughs> having it come into your boat so okay well i guess can i ask you do you have any sort of uh are there any goal places uh, places. like places that you definitely want to go and see sort of your dream of like, Oh, if I could sail to any place, these are my top two or three. Yes. Let's but hear it. This might be like 10 years from now. But... Start, start at three and work your way up to number one for the suspense. Oh, okay. Uh, well, obviously like Bahamas cause everyone talks about it. They and are beautiful and you can looks... find your own islands. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
so th- yeah, definitely that. Like uh, I've never been scuba diving, so that's something on the list. And I, I think know. that would be like a beautiful place to go dive or even free dive. Um, well, French Polynesia. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The like Tahiti mm-hmm. or the Two Motos, Marquet. I mean, there's there's like that. The list goes on and on <laughs> and on. Well, and you know. Down there, you have sort of the well-known islands, like obviously like Bora Bora and mm-hmm. uh, Papite. Pa- Papite? I think that's how you pronounce it. That's the capital of Tahiti. And just and Fiji and all those. But then, you know, you look in one of the old uh, world cruising guidebooks and you start finding these way off places that, you know, are a little off the beaten path, but they're the ones that not much has changed and it's uh-huh. little tiny communities and and you have like this whole different experience mm-hmm. so that that is i i think i think the south pacific always is going to have this allure to it um partly just because of the distance you have to go to get there all right we got another visitor <laughs> who we got up there is that is that aaron again back. hey aaron Hi. Hey, we're we're just yeah, we're just wrapping up, man. Are you gonna be here for a little bit? Yeah. Okay, cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, just give us like 10, 15 minutes. Sweet. Bubble's already. Yeah. Whoa. He seems like Bubble is angry. Ooh. Wow. I didn't realize Bubble's a guard dog. Twenty pounds of mite. Oh man. Well, yeah. I mean, the South Pacific. It just has this. I don't know. I, I, I think it is partly because it's so far away and it's so hard to it's it's not inaccessible, but it's difficult, you know, unless you're flying there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's just yeah, super remote. Yeah. Yeah. And it was sort of, you know, the Caribbean that was all explored. It was it was it wasn't until the whaling ship started really going over there that that stuff really got charted and all that. So. All right. Well, what's number one then? The Greek Isles. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. And that, that'd that be like way different than mm-hmm. than <laughs> South Pacific. Yeah. I, I've never been over there. I We sailed sort of past them on our way to Turkey one time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I've seen the pictures of the, yeah, the I white did a- buildings and the blue roofs and just oh, cliffs. I mean. <laughs> we, uh, so, so I did a, a study on the Greek Isles. Um, and then when Pax and I met, he like saw my like books and all this stuff. And anyways, long story short, one of his best friends was getting married to his high school sweetheart and her parents are from Cyprus. Oh, nice. Yeah. So they ended up getting married in Cyprus and of course like Pax was invited and we were dating at the time and he's like, do you want to go to Greece with me? And I was like, Oh my God, this is like a dream come true. Uh, yes, please. <laughs> so yeah, where, so. where, uh, what, what city, what town do they get? Married um, in? gosh, what was the name of that town? It starts with a P. Yeah. Didn't it? Pizuri? Paphos? Pizuri? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my, you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe it, but I, <laughs> I was, I lived there for, like two and a half months or something like that yeah getting kite surfing certified (laughs) (laughs) yeah to become an instructor it's absolutely beautiful yeah oh man i i still can remember sitting on this balcony of this little 
duplex that we had rented out mm-hmm. and the stars would come out and the Mediterranean's there and just those sort of terraced hills and oh my gosh how how was your guys trip there how long were you there for i was there for two weeks and then oh wow okay yeah so we so we stayed in cyprus for a week um because it obviously had a huge greek wedding and oh god i can only imagine yeah (laughs) i think that pax wasn't in it that would have been crazy um oh it would have been great (laughs) (laughs) i would have been like solo the whole week but yeah so so we had the wedding and um for a week and just explored and went to a ton of ruins and isn't it crazy you can just walk around those Mm -hmm. ruins there's no there weren't any real gates i remember being able to i was there in 2000 uh i think it was probably around 2006 okay and there were frescoes i guess that's what you call them tiled little mm-hmm. designs on the floor and there's no ropes to say like don't walk on i didn't <laughs> walk on it but i was like holy cow people could just come here and pull these tiles up if they wanted to and they're roman ruins it's nuts mm-hmm. it, it was amazing uh and then we went and explored so so we went to idra um or hydra but oh um, right, so right, like right you can't have a car there so everywhere you just walked or rode a donkey or uh. It, was, it was super crazy. We got there and we didn't really have a place to stay because we were just like, oh, we'll figure it out when we get here. And so it ended up that we couldn't find anywhere. Like every place was full. And Pax was kind of like, oh, my God, I bring Amy to Greece and I don't like she's going to sleep on the street, you know, and just sleep on the, the beach. Cats. <laughs> yeah, so she's going to get this, stabbed. <laughs> this little cute man like saw us. I guess we had passed by this little uh patio. patio and he like motioned us over and he like of course was drinking wine eating dinner so he poured us a glass and he said that he had a little studio and blah 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 so yeah so we like sat with him while we finished dinner and drank a glass of wine with him and we climbed up wow. the side of a cliff basically and he was i don't know 70 and just did not stop we were we were like out of breath we're like oh my god <laughs> But yes, yeah, so we ended up staying there for a few days and explored the island, and then we ended up going to, of course, Santorini. So right. we can see Oya. Uh, famous, see, yeah, sunset. that's all the stuff I've never been able to see. And then we Jealous. finished this trip in Athens. So we went to. Did you see a lot of the ruins there? Yeah. Wow. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. You know, and I'll tell you, with all the stuff that's going on now. There's so many places where I'm like, man, you know, I put off too many things. I should have gone when I could because I don't know when I'm ever going to be able to go again sort of thing. And wow. Yeah. Oh, so man, I'm jealous. It'd be so beautiful to arrive by a sailboat because the, the entire time this is pre me even thinking or that we would live on a boat. Like I'm just taking pictures of sailboats, sailboats, catamarans. Right. Like, crazy yacht just thinking what it would be like you know i'm just like wow well and you know part part of the cool thing too as you as you guys get more and more experience on on the boat and sailing this boat all that knowledge is going to transfer to you know other boats as well and so you know even though you might not have you know you you might not be able to take your boat directly over there you're going to be able to charter boats any Mm -hmm. anywhere you want you know as long as you have the means to do it it's sort of like wow Let's just fly over there. <laughs> we'll charter a 48-footer. We'll get two more couples with us and then just have a blast. And 
I mean, there is no better way to become, um, you know, a real have. Uh, there's no better way to develop seamanship than being on a boat all the time, living on a boat, moving a boat around, all that sort of stuff, and you know, to to be able to just hop off anywhere in the world because. South Pacific, they charter boats. Greece, Med, they charter boats. Caribbean charters boats, all that sort of stuff. I mean, it's there is something to be said about arriving in your own boat, mm-hmm. but there's also something to be said for getting a rental, not worrying too <laughs> much about it, dropping it off, and then flying home. You know what I mean? Oh. Wow, that's so cool. Well, I think that's a pretty good bucket list for sure <laughs> as far as places that you want to see. And, uh, man, I... I I am jealous. Like I, like I said, I it, talking with you guys constantly reminds me of of what it was like to be in that that sort of honeymoon stage with the boat, where every project was sort of fun, and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I'll varnish that. I'll sand that all day." And then the second and third time that you do it, it's sort of uh, the the gloss is sort of gone. You're sort of like, ah, "I'm a little bit over it," but I typically at this point just try and remind myself that I only have to just, I'm getting to be able to just play with the boat. And even though mm-hmm. it's sanding it and polishing it and things like that, I still, you know, it's better than sitting in front of a desk and sitting at a desk in front of a computer screen. So I gotta, I gotta always remind myself of that. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to add? Cause I think we're pretty much getting close to the, uh, the one hour mark. I know, I know. That's pretty really fast. Nervous. No, you did great. I, like I said, I you know I I want these conversations to be just genuine, and and I was I was really psyched that we were able to sort of get to know each other, all three of us during this because I, there's been times where you know somebody really well and you sort of have this idea of how a podcast should go, mm-hmm. and and it. I don't know. I find it hard if you're trying to steer it some certain direction, but if you just let it go, then I don't know. I, I think they're more interesting that way. Agree. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I I'll tell you, you guys, you know, eventually you guys will have a channel and uh, just keep an eye out for it. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Any idea what you call that? Oh, maybe it'll be orange juice. Yeah, I think it's going to be like sailing vessel, orange juice. I think so. That sounds pretty yeah, good. Pretty simple. Well, very cool. And tonight, it sounds like we're getting invited over to uh, another boat for some some cocktails and stories. Should be pretty fun. <laughs> I am excited, you know, to have a couple more people around. It's, it is kind of cool where, you know, you get that, that sort of good vibe and everybody gets to know each other. And th- then it becomes sort of... One of those things where you're like, all right, I got to take a night off here, guys. Yep. I got to get Just some this sleep. This guy that arrived uh, yesterday, I believe, from Pennsylvania, single-handed. Is it? Uh, yeah, yeah. He came down from Philadelphia, um, and he's a beekeeper up there. Really? Yeah, okay, yeah. Wow. I, I'm definitely going to have to interview him and uh, get uh, the story <laughs> on the bees. But, yeah, he's, he's a solo sailor. And then... Um, the girl, Jessica, Jessica. Yeah. She's on a 26 foot boat down there. So I don't know. It's so funny. There's some days where I'm just in this boat and I'm like writing or trying to do videos or whatever. And I'll only come up like four or five times and it's just, you know, go up there real quick and then come back down. And I feel like the place is completely empty. 
and there's nobody around. And then other times you you don't have a get together with everybody. So it's marina life. Marina life. Marina life is good. Sometimes it's nice to go anchor, get a little distance, but I personally prefer being able to walk off of the boat. And I, I think that's just because I've been locked on it so for such long uh journeys that I don't know. I, I know that feeling of not ever being able to get off of the boat and so anytime I can. I like to be tied up to a dock. Either that or in the middle of an ocean. <laughs> no middle ground there. <laughs> well, cool guys. Cool. Thank you again for, for coming on and Thank um you. Yeah, other than that, uh we're gonna continue on with more Appalachian Trail stories and hopefully more interviews uh coming right up. Thanks for listening. <laughs>